freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio. This is episode 117. And on Gun Freedom Radio, we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is what one can do. Whether it's being a responsibly armed citizen like our guest Thomas Yoxall or taking a landmark Second Amendment case all the way to the Supreme Court like Mr. Dick Heller in the Heller v. D.C., inside of every patriot, like our audience, Dan, is a soul that strains ever toward independence and freedom. And the 10th anniversary of Heller v. D.C. that we just celebrated on the steps of the Supreme Court building was gathered because of a man who embodies that boldness. This one man spoke up for others who had become frozen. He decided to be that one person who would protect and defend the rights we all share, and in doing so, inspired all those who came alongside to offer him help in his quest. He determined that he and we would not ask for permission to be free. And in doing so, he showed us what one can do. Well, our next guests are Doug and Sue Ritter of Knife Rights. Knife Rights was organized in 2006 to ensure a sharper future, I like what you did there, for owners of one of mankind's oldest and most commonly used tools. While our knives are primarily tools, ultimately, Our right to own and carry these tools is enshrined in the Second Amendment. Welcome to the show. So excited to have you both in studio. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Good to see you, Cheryl. Absolutely. So, you know, do people still look at you quizzically uh, since this has been around since 2006, like they did when you were brand new to say, "What, what are you talking about knife rights? We don't need special rights for knives. Well, it's it's not as bad as it was uh, <laughs> when, when people thought we were a little off our rocker. But um, yeah, we still get a lot of people who come up to our booths at shows, you know, like at NRA or Blade Show or other shows, and go, "What do you mean knife rights? What my my knife rights are are in peril?" And then we explain um, what we're about, why they are uh, the. 29 bills we've passed in 21 states in the last eight years, um, getting rid of knife bans in, in states and cities. And um, oftentimes they've had no clue, but once they know what's going on, especially within the Second Amendment community who's been fighting this uh, on the other side, they get it. I mean, we are the second front in the defense of the Second Amendment. The, the Second Amendment doesn't say firearms. It says arms. And as you noted in your introduction, you know, we, we use knives as tools every day. Millions of Americans use them every day. And every once in a while, 
uh, someone needs to use them as an arm to protect themselves or their family. Absolutely. So, Ms. Sue, how did you guys get on the, the front line of being the second defense of the Second Amendment? Where did that come from? Because this takes a lot of passion to, to keep up the energy. It, well, actually, it was uh, very early on a morning in July in 2006, and uh, he gets up earlier than I do, and went out, picked up the Wall Street Journal, and the next thing I heard him was saying, you have to be kidding me, and screaming and yelling. And I'm like going, oh gosh, now what happened? And I got out of bed and said, uh, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And he showed me the article on the uh, front page of the B section of the Wall Street Journal. And it was like every article you had ever read about a deadly tactical assault rifle except that they basically removed the word rifle and put in the word knife demonizing demonizing and and when it was just a tiny little picnic knife basically and it and what made it deadly and tactical and assault was that the blade locked what yeah the blade blade locked locked. and it could be open one-handed and that was their new definition of an evil tactical knife tactical knife oh my goodness and and i realized i I, you might say i had an epiphany having traveled in europe and elsewhere that um there was no nra there was no second amendment foundation there there was no aggressive proactive advocacy organization for knife owners and that if if, if this was the tip of the iceberg and we didn't do something, we were going to end up like the UK and mm. other places where the knives that we carry and use every day mm-hmm. are illegal. And I didn't want to see that happen. Like, what are we going to carve <laughs> our turkeys with at Thanksgiving? That's what I always think. Are we just going to, you know, grab the meat off like a bunch of uh, Neanderthals? Well, I mean, the, the only how good do you thing, make knives illegal? It's the craziest thing. The only good thing about that is I'd have a drawer in the house because I don't have any drawers. So the knife drawer would be removed. I could use that drawer, right? <laughs> Um, always looking, always looking for that. You're not the bright, the bright, bright spot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a drawer suddenly empty in our house, do you really think it's going to become yours? Let's think this through. No, 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 it's, not. no it's not. That's, that, no. that's wishful but, thinking. But <laughs> in, in in a significant part of the world, the the pocket knives that we carry every day are illegal to carry. I mean, one hand opening lock blade pocket knives represent uh, about eighty percent of the pocket knives sold in the U.S. today, and they're essentially for all practical purposes illegal to carry in the uk much of europe and and many other places and how many people get caught up in in being i don't know they go to jail for these things because they don't know they just have a pocket knife well and and we have that problem and we fight that problem here uh in the united states i mean take new york city for example Mm -hmm. where we've been uh had a federal civil rights lawsuit going on now for seven years uh, over 60,000 people have been arrested for carrying a common pocket knife. Um, and uh, folks, this is not a, you know, uh, a minor violation. This is a potential year in jail. And if you have a previous, uh, if you have a prior, um, you're going to get a felony. That is just and, crazy to me. And and in New York City, if, if you are a gun owner and you have a permit where... You know, we're lucky in Arizona. We don't have to worry about that. Right. But, but in Arizona, they have to have the city's permission to own in a New firearm. York. In New York. I'm sorry. In New York City, they have to have the city's permission. If you are arrested for one of these so-called illegal gravity knives, a common pocket knife, 
you have 24 hours to turn in your guns or they're going to come bash down your door and take them. And, and maybe right there is the reason why. Like, how can somebody with a straight face, you know, pass a bill, you know, with a bunch of, you know, suited up men and women with a straight face saying, okay, you see this little five inch, you know, tool that I carry in my pocket? We're going to put people in jail for that. We're going to cause them to lose their, their Second Amendment rights and, and all their other rights because of that. How do you do that with a straight face? Unless uh, you have the secondary. Apparently, <laughs> apparently in New York you, you do it. And what, what's, what's amazing about New York is, so we've been fighting in New York for se- eight years altogether. The mm-hmm. lawsuit's been going on for seven years. For four years we've been working in the legislature. The last two years we've actually passed bills in the le- legislature that would have solved this problem in New York City. And it's strictly a New York City problem. Uh, the last time it passed last year, there was one nay vote in each house. Hmm. So overwhelmingly passed. And the governor, Governor Cuomo, vetoed it because oh his, his, fr- his, his good friend, Cyrus France Jr., um, ably assisted by Dan Rather Jr. in New York City, yes, it's the attack of the juniors, um, didn't want this to happen and they want to be able to keep arresting people. Um, we just had a decision uh, last week in our from the Second Circuit uh, Court of Appeals uh, ruling against us. We are filing our en banc petition uh, tomorrow, today or tomorrow. Um, so the fight continues. Hmm. I mean, we're not going to give up. Um, that's how you lose. Mm-hmm. You, exactly. You, you, you have to fight um, and you can't give up. Absolutely. Well, back to you, Miss Sue. Um, this it does take a ton of energy and time and money. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, oh yes. And you guys probably aren't independently wealthy. I mean, maybe uh, you are, but... <laughs> uh, no, no, we're well, not maybe. independently wealthy. But, you know, we, um, we enjoy um, some industry support. We also enjoy support from some firearms manufacturers. But basically, we rely on everyday grassroots... People like you and our neighbors and our friends to become members, to make donations, to commit to us winning this fight. And it is a fight. And um, it, it, it's not easy. We, are, uh, we run very uh, frugally. Lean and mean. Lean and mean. Lean and mean. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And um, that's kind of, I do a lot of asking. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug and, and, does a lot of asking, and and this is a great time to uh, get involved because oh, we yeah. have our ultimate steal yes. fundraiser with yes. over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of really cool prizes, including over forty thousand dollars worth of firearms-related packages a- a- that are just incredible. Yeah. I mean, some of the finest uh, custom makers. Uh, so wait, I don't. What is this about? The ultimate steal. I don't know. Dan's like on his phone, immediately looking it up. What's the What's the URL? (laughs) Ultimatesteal.org. Make a donation. uh, Get your chance to win your pick from a hundred and fifty odd thousand dollars worth of custom knives, firearms with uh, suppressors and glass and. All lasers of fun stuff. And, fantastic um, yeah I kni- love it. Kni- knives valued up to ten thousand dollars wow custom yeah. knives yeah i mean it's an yeah. we have got an african safari this year 
Oh, yeah. I love you it. could win. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got to run to commercial, but you guys are sticking around for another segment. You bet. Because we've got a lot of actual court cases to kind of talk about and see how they're going. Um, and, of course, uh, during the break, help yourself to the nearest gadget and look up ultimatesteel.org. Stick around. We've got more with Sue and Doug Ritter of Knife Rights. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we have some awesome in-studio guests today, some Arizona people. Doug and Sue Ritter of Knife Rights. Knife Rights was organized in 2006 to ensure a sharper future for owners of one of mankind's oldest and most commonly used tools. While our knives are primarily tools, ultimately our right to own and carry these tools is enshrined in the Second Amendment. So I really appreciate you guys being able to not only be on, but actually come in studio. That's always so special for us. Uh, it's always nicer to, yeah, <laughs> to absolutely. be face-to-face instead absolutely. of uh, over a telephone. So I we agree. Enjoy that, Thank, that thanks for having us. We absolutely. It. And husband and wife, hanging out with husband and wife, it's, uh, it's a great dynamic. <laughs> we can back each other up, right? Yeah, I'd kind of yeah, like the, to know, who's the driver on this thing? I mean, did you just wake up, Doug, and say, 
we're going to do this? Or did Sue say, get on it? Or what's I, well, going on? I, I, I said, we're going to do this. And she shook her head no a <laughs> said, lot. no, no. Um, but, no. but the fact of the matter is, uh, once we got going, I, I could not do this alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, without Sue and without our, our lobbyist, mm. uh, Todd Rathner, mm-hmm. uh, we could not do this. But that is night. I mean, you were, you, you, were, mm-hmm. you were talking about three people who have accomplished all that we've accomplished the 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 legislation the litigation um all that that happens when when we say we're lean and mean yeah i mean you're looking at two-thirds of knife rights yeah right here no we get that um it's uh well you you guys it's been gratifying you know starting out with an awful lot of people saying we could never accomplish anything and um just a few weeks ago uh we got Louisiana switchblade ban repealed. So that was our 29th uh, knife ban repeal wow. in just the last eight and a half years. Great. Um, eight and a half years, 29 bills passed in 21 states. Is, I that think, is a pretty, impressive. Pretty impressive record. And, and we're certainly not done yet, not even no. for this year. Right. Well, you um, said that New York was a tough state, but who uh, else is tough besides New York? Because a lot of people have given up on New York, you know? Well, and, and it's interesting you say that because I get that a lot. I get I get a lot of why do we care about New York? You know, let you know they made their bed, let right. them sleep in it. I mean, <laughs> and and and, and not only do, do we that. have our our seven year old civil rights lawsuit going in New York, but two weeks ago the New, New York's highest court made a ruling that said assisted opening knives are switchblades now. I mean, completely redefining what a switchblade is. Now, so, what explain that? Because I'm not really, I mean, I know how to carve my turkey with a knife, but I, I don't really know a lot so, about them. What is assisted opening? An assisted opening is a one-hand opening knife Okay. where you move the blade partway and then a spring takes over it. Oh. It, it was a way that, that uh, Ken Onion and some other designers came up with that would give you some of the, uh, if you if you will, fun of having a switchblade, but that's not legally a switchblade. And um, how it, does that make the knife less legal? I mean, what? I don't understand. Please help me if, understand if, this. If, if any of this was rational, I, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is so much like the fight for, he, he, for he'd firearms. Be, he'd be getting all the things done around the house yes. that I right. need yeah. done. Right. Not, if they're outlawing 12-ounce Cokes in New York, I mean, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you none, think? None, none of this is, is rational. Uh, we're, I mean, literally, I, I, this morning I was going over motions for uh, re-argument for this uh, assisted opener equally switchblade case. Um, but the point of why do we care about New York is because bad laws mm-hmm. have a habit of spreading. spreading. Do they do. Okay. It's contagious. And it it's contagious. It's like a virus. It it's is. like a cancer. And if we don't stop them in those states that are most inclined to uh, take and shred our rights Mm -hmm. then they're going to continue to grow and so while it's extraordinarily frustrating and annoying to be fighting these fights in places like new york uh, new jersey and elsewhere and expensive yes um if if we're not there it's going to spread right we have to do it 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 it's all well and good to say you made your bed you sleep in it Mm -hmm. but we can't do that we as 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 a knife organization or we as a second amendment community we can't just walk away from those fights mm-hmm. right and we Greg, have to keep uh, fighting doug i i understand that and and i agree we still have to fight with the with that too but what states are coming becoming close to new york ones that we can 
attack now and keep them from being New York? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, well, I mean, you've got New Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got basically the entire West Coast is trying to mm-hmm. out California and out New York. Um, New York. I mean, they are all leaning towards restrictions of our freedoms as to what we can own, what we can carry, what we can possess. Um, and, and therefore, it needs to be fought. Mm-hmm. Um, but, for example, uh, no one would have believed that we were able to get rid of the switchblade ban in Illinois mm-hmm. just shortly after they finally became the last state in the union to allow concealed carry. Um, but incredible. we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was it was very gratifying to get a call from a gentleman in Illinois who was like 90 years old. And, and he said, I never thought I would live to see the day that I could legally carry my switchblade. That's oh, awesome. Wow. Um, and, you know, that's the sort of thing that helps make this worthwhile. But um, as, as Sue pointed out in the previous uh, segment, um, it takes a huge amount of money to accomplish this, even yeah. with our lean and mean organization. I and mean, Todd and, Todd and I put 100,000 miles a year oh, on, on, easy. On, on the airlines. Right. Um, and our ultimate steal, which is going on now, is our major fundraiser. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's an incredible opportunity. The, the custom knives that we have, the, the gun packages, firearms packages with uh, – really cool firearms and su- suppressors and optics um and uh african safari jewelry silver jewelry uh including a beautiful necklace by uh sandy froman past president of the nra yes uh, good and friend. a beautiful and yes, a beautiful, beautiful necklace from, yes. from, from from my wife mm-hmm. Susie. um there i don't think there is a better fundraiser out there I mean, not only can you win something, but you get to pick the prize yeah. when you're chosen. Yeah, when your choice. ticket's strong, it's winner's choice. You oh, get to man. pick from everything that's left. Oh, and all I they have it. to do is just donate to your cause and that gets them yep. an entry? Yep. yep. Donate yep. to the cause. And not only that, but at certain levels, like $100 and two, three, four, five hundred $500 and on up, we'll give you a free knife that's easily worth half or more of, of what your, your donation, donation. Um, We get incredible support from the uh, knife industry for this. I mean, that's just there isn't a better opportunity to help a Second Amendment organization get ahead and give you the opportunity to win some just incredible prizes. I mean, our top knife prize this year is a $10,000 custom double action auto uh, with uh, mammoth ivory scales and gold engraving. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Damascus blade. Yeah. Uh, that's Johnny's, the sort of Johnny stuff Johnny Stout's the knife maker. It's, it's, it's amazing. And everybody always says to me, don't you wish you could win them? And I go, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I of course. I, I I could just feel. Yeah. I could feel our audience like shivering. Yeah. right? Like, like they're just like, there's you know, beautiful, shaking, wanting things. to get in beautiful, on this. Beautiful things. So. UltimateSteel.org. Definitely check that out because this fine work it needs to be financed and you know you can just write them a check i know they'll take take that but <laughs> oh, and why and not we, we we accept you know visa mastercard exactly. american express and discover but why not play it, the game yeah, and, and get some enjoyment out of it besides absolutely if you go to there, again there's just no better time to support us than right. during the ultimate seal right. cuz not only do we and, win when you give yes. us 
but you can win some incredible. Right. So Sue, when is that drawing going to be over? The um, we uh, la- last chance to enter is going to be uh, July thirty first at midnight. It's coming up, and, and it's and coming up soon. I can't wor- believe we're in worth July. Worth noting, we've got uh, t- over ten thousand dollars worth of prizes just for those people who donate at the tail end. Oh, I love so it. that's a entire I, separate prize right, pack just right. for them to uh, to get a chance at. Right. Now, were you guys uh, either of you knife collectors before all of this? No. Um, <laughs> well, Kitchen very knives. quickly, Kitchen I heard knives. yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've designed knives. I've had I've had my own uh, very small line of knives for for a number of years, and um, being one of the, the world's leading experts on survival equipment, knives are certainly uh, one of your key uh, survival tools. So I knew everyone in the knife industry, um, but I was never exactly what you would call a collector, uh, more an accumulator. I got it. Accumulator. I got it. Yeah, no, this this really started because of just, uh, what what we saw happening was just, it's just wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. And, And, you know, we love our country and the Constitution and, this is about freedom. Mm-hmm. And this is what being an American is all about, is Absolutely. freedom. Absolutely. So one of the things that we struggle with in the firearms world is being, you know, we want national reciprocity so much that says if you're a responsible gun owner in your home state, that all the, uh, that morality and that training follows you wherever you go. Um, how do you struggle with that in, in the knife world? And, and we've got about two minutes, then we've got to run. So. So we're not quite at the national reciprocity s- step for knives, but we are following in the footsteps of uh, the firearms community with our Knife Owners Protection Act, okay. which is uh, which would essentially do for knife owners what the Firearms Owners Protection Act does for them, so that you can, if your if your knife is legal where you start your journey and it's legal where you finish your journey, as long as it's secured in between, you can't be arrested. So that if you're traveling, for example, from uh, uh, Arizona to New Hampshire, where your knives are legal, and you lock them up, you can't be arrested going through New York City. So that's a bill that we have in Congress that would also repeal the Federal Switchblade Act. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll be back in, you were just in D.C., I'll be in D.C. I think we've got uh, 30-odd meetings scheduled for three days. Oh, wow. (laughs) Eat your Wheaties. Eat your Wheaties. And and drink your five-hour energy. (laughs) But the the Knife Owners Protection Act with the repeal of the Federal Switchblade Act would be huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we have an administration in Congress where we ought to be able to get this done. I right. love it. Right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much again for stopping by and spending this time with us and for all you do for our rights. It's just, it's crazy to think. We used to joke that, you know, oh, there was a thing in the paper about somebody, you know, misused a, a knife in a crime. Better have, you know, knife restrictions, anti-knife coalition. Who knew there was such a thing? But thank goodness you guys had the foresight to be in the game. Uh, as we go out, tell folks again about your, your big fundraiser and about how they can can find out more about what you do with knife rights. They can find out more about knife rights at kniferights.org, uh, which also has a link on the homepage to the Ultimate Steel, or they can go directly to ultimatesteel.org. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sue. Thank you, Cheryl. Always a Doug, pleasure. You Love guys to are see you awesome. Guys. You too. All right. Bye bye. Now stick around. We have another in studio guest. 
Craig Joyner, the president of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, right after this. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. This show is also a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Find out more and check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. Well, our next guest is in studio and a good friend of ours, Craig Joyner. He is the president of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, which is, of course, the Arizona arm of the NRA. And I am a proud board member, I'm just going to mention. So welcome to the show, Craig. Thanks very much, Cheryl. Good to see you again, Dan. Great. Thanks for coming. So always something happening with the ASRPA. Uh, You know, when you came on as president, you just hit the ground running. And so we, I'm just going to let you tell folks all the exciting stuff. But one of the things is uh, having to do with an outdoor firing uh, shooting range. Yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we've been doing a lot of things since the middle of, middle of 2016. And one of the things I'm most proud of is that our membership is actually at an all-time high. Ooh, which is, go us. Which is kind of saying something because we've been around since 1909 in this state. So oh we're, we're very, very pleased about that. And we saw membership start to build about the middle of 2016. And just to give you an idea, during this last fiscal year, which just ended in March, our level of membership in the organization is up 102%. Wow. 
Yeah. What is going on there? Well, and what I'm particularly proud of is we've seen like new memberships come to the organization, new members at a level of about, I think it was 127%. Life memberships are up 150%. Oh my God. And the beauty of it, the, the, the good thing is that our, our customers, our members are telling us that they're also very happy at the organization because our rate of renewal by existing members is, is up over 73% from the previous levels that we've seen. So wow. we're very, very uh, happy about that. And the other thing I'm particularly happy about is this thing is continuing in 2018. Yeah. I mean, the level of revenue that um, we've generated through May uh, of this year uh, exceeded everything that we uh, generated for the entire year of 2016. See, that's incredible because at about the same time that we, with our firearm store, azfirearms.com, was experiencing, they, they were calling it the Trump slump, and I hate it because poor President Trump gets slammed with so many negative things, but it was actually for a positive reason. People felt like, oh, our president doesn't hate guns. Our president is supporting our rights, and so I can take a nap. I can take a rest, and this apathy kind of set in. And so at the same time that we, in, on the retail end, were experiencing you know, lower sales and less enthusiasm, you're telling me that the ASRPA was ramping up. Well, we were, but we were in a little bit of a different situation, quite honestly. Um, I think part of the, the reason why this is happening, Cheryl, is the fact that our organization as a whole has gotten better. I yeah. mean, our systems, our yeah. processes, our procedures, just finding out what our, I keep calling them customers, but mm -hmm. our members. Uh, well, you're a business act, guy. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. think in those in those terms. That's true. But just figuring out what they wanted and expected mm -hmm. out of the organization had had a lot to do with, with this, which mm -hmm. which really proves that there's a lot of upside mm -hmm. to our uh, organization, our ability um, to, to do things. So. No, that's great. And, you know, you're a business guy, but you also understand the relational, the important relational aspect of business and that, you know, your your customers are everything. You know, they are the lifeblood and you've yeah. got to be tapped in with what's important to them, why it's important to them, serve them the best you can. And um, I, I think you've done that so, so well. Right. And that, I'd like to ask Craig, Craig, so why would I want to be a member of, which I am, but why would I want to be a member? Well, first of all, um, as you alluded to, we are the state association for, for the NRA and also the CMP. And I don't know how many of our listeners will be aware of CMP, but it stands for the Civilian Marksmanship uh, Program. So there's, those are two powerful organizations. Those um, There's a lot of events that go on. They support a lot of juniors programs, which hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about a little bit. But um, We've also, one of the things we did, I think, to satisfy what some of our customers were expecting is uh, we took over the operation management of a shooting range, the yes. Joe Foss shooting range uh, down in Buckeye. And quite honestly, that's proven to be a huge boon for um, shooting enthusiasts in the, in the West Valley. And um, you may have heard that several months ago we had uh, an unfortunate incident where uh, there was a people were shooting out in the desert not on a shooting range right uh, we had an unfortunate incident where there was a ricochet and it, it, it killed a young woman mm -hmm. and uh, so we've seen a lot of people who have actually come to our shooting range mm -hmm. their first time this shooting range so it's a little unusual so we, we, we try to be customer focused mm -hmm. and make sure everybody's safe and but they learn range etiquette and things like that and I've had 
so many people come up to me and say, oh, thank you so much. I feel a lot safer. And, yes. you know, this was a great environment to be in. Your range managers and our range safety officers are are so uh, pleasant and kind and instructive. So it's things like that, Dan, I think that, um, you know, have helped to change the, um, the focus and um, on what we've been doing. Now, that's so important that you mention the atmosphere, the culture of the shooting range, because, you know, just like any business, the the culture com- stems out of management, stems out of the people that, that you have on staff. And unfortunately, there there's a lot of shooting ranges, organized shooting ranges out there that have, um, you know, they don't have the best reputation because the the RSOs, the range safety officers, are a little bit more militaristic about the way that they command and bark their commands at people. And when you're brand new to the shooting world, that's going to scare you off because you're already intimidated. You already don't quite know what all's going on. And then to have somebody bark at you, we're going to lose people where what we want to do is draw them in and help them appreciate and be able to enact their Second Amendment rights. And and you're absolutely right about that. As a matter of fact, uh, what we're in the process of doing right now to enable the range to stay open more hours, more weekends, and things like that is uh, we've been able to recruit uh, quite a few new uh, safety officers and volunteers to the range, which has been very gratifying. There's a lot of people that want to do that. But we just had a training session to certify some new range safety officers, NRA certify them, and that was one of the things that was uh, stressed by our instructor, uh, great instructor, Mike Abramovich. He did a great job of that. Love is, him. Is, is customer service is really what it's about. And there is a way to do this in a uh, more pleasant way than maybe some ranges do it and still keep everybody safe at the same time. Absolutely. So. Yeah, Mike Abramovich, I like to say he was my concealed carry instructor. Other people might borrow him once in a while or say <laughs> they know him, but he's mine. Oh, that's so. great. You know, even experienced shooters, like I would consider myself experienced, I, was, uh, I had a bad experience with the range a long time ago because I went with my guns and I didn't know that each one of them had to be in a case. Mm-hmm. So they hit me right at the start. And so, you know, you need you need somebody to help let people understand. Come alongside the, and teach. Right, right. Yeah. So. And Dan, different ranges have different rules too. I mean, uh, so, you know, we see a lot of that. And again, we've tried to make sure that we standardize our approach. So right. if you come out on a Friday and shoot at a range manager that's there on Friday is going to be operating off the same processes and procedures <clears throat> as the range manager on a, on a Sunday. So beautiful. We've, we've done a lot of that too. I've yeah. seen nothing but good reports from, from you guys. I mean, the people, the customers that come in our store are praising that range. So thank you for opening it back up. Uh, our pleasure. Our Absolutely. And it is so important to have that space because like you said, when you're just going out uh, on BLM land or whatever, it's it, it's great to have that freedom. But you don't know, you know, we have people pointing their firearms in unsafe directions. And, you know, it just it really is nice to have a place where people can go and, and do it in an organized fashion and enjoy that all the that the. Uh, firearms industry has to offer there's family time you know you're teaching yourself and and the next generation focus and discipline and so many important things Mm -hmm. and that's what why I love to remind people that the ASRPA is the Arizona state arm of the NRA because what so many people don't know is the NRA is huge in training in safety in you know even the Eddie Eagle program you know teaching kids up 
And we, the ASRPA, have the junior high power team, which are young people coming together. Not all of them are out there, you know, yelling for the government to please take their rights away. Some of them really do know and appreciate and use those rights. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that um, it, it strikes me when you're asking about, you know, why the increase in membership, and uh, I think there's something also fundamental that's been going on maybe the last six, nine months uh, that I've noticed, and quite honestly, um, that's the increased level of threats to our, our civil rights, and, mm. and the Second Amendment in particular. Uh, I think that's going on a, a lot. And I'll tell you what, I'm particularly struck by the fact when I look at our membership roles, an increasing number of our members are actually California residents. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's Go amazing. Go figure. Yeah. They really do want their rights. I know. And as you guys are probably no doubt aware, last Saturday night at midnight, you know, if you're a resident of California and you've not registered your so-called assault, assault rifle, rifle, made up word, bullet, button, and all with the state of California, you're now a criminal. Oh my God! Yeah, I'd like to remind you that they did that with 50 caliber, and then after they did it with a 50, and everybody registered their guns. Now they said you either had to surrender them, or you had to get them out of the state. Yeah, but registration isn't about confiscation. What? That I Mm -hmm. that is the next step. They're going to say, okay, now all those that registered, they got to get out of the state. Oh, gosh, we got one minute. Yeah. We've got so much to cover. I know. Um, tell, <laughs> folks, tell folks real quickly um, how they can learn more about the ASRPA and if you have any big events coming up. Yeah, uh, the best place to go is our website, ASRPA.com. And uh, you can not only get information about upcoming events, but also the Joe Foss Range. And one of the things I'd encourage everybody, if you're going to come out to the Joe Foss Range, um, we're only operating off a diesel generator right now, although we're going to be getting electricity at some point next Woo-hoo. year, which is very positive. We want to get on the grid. Yeah. So many other people want to get off the grid. We're yeah. like, please put us on the grid. Exactly, because <laughs> that's a game changer for the uh, this range. But uh, right now, if you want to use a credit card, debit card, to actually go out uh, ahead of time rather than pay cash when you get there, you can go to the ASRPA.com website and the shopping cart and link and, and, and do that. So that is awesome. We've got um, our Arizona defense match, which is proved hugely uh, uh, popular with people. That's coming up in September and our um, annual roundup dinner. Yes, is going to be coming in uh, early in October. Delicious, I might add. Um, but I don't want to let you go. I know we're cutting into my next segment, and we'll just we'll just take that risk. But the junior high power team, you ha- we have some huge success with that. These kids are going on to do some really important things. They really are. And over the last six years, we've had six of our juniors that have been on our high power team have actually gone to U.S. service academies, and we're we're adding to that this year. So. Our team captain this year has been accepted, or he's accepted an invitation to go shoot with the Army Marksmanship Unit, which is huge. Yes. His team member, Alex, is uh, going to Annapolis in the fall. Oh, my gosh. And his other team member, Noah, is actually um, up for uh, going, deciding whether to go to West Point or Annapolis. Oh, my gosh. It's huge. So amazing or amazing, right? One of the best juniors programs in the country, actually. It's a wow. tremendous uh, group of coaches and leaders so that we proud. have in that program. 
So proud. And, and you know, this, this is what kids learn when they're in the shooting sports. They learn that discipline. They learn that forward thinking. All that takes, uh, that, that is shown in the direction that these uh, kids, are they kids? Do I get to call them kids? I do. I mean, anybody that's... <laughs> as old as I am. I know, it's so so. true. All right. Craig Joyner, thank you so much. Uh, President of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right, stick around. We still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. And if there's time, Dan's commentary. Stick around. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun-buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun-buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun, and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is the part of the show that we get to talk to you about the amazing people all across this nation who are responsibly armed citizens. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. You know, we have all seen those videos of people wearing clown masks, jumping out and scaring passersby. I personally don't find them funny because I think it is a dangerous way to have a good time. And it was only a matter of time before danger decided to use the clown mask as a way to startle, but also create just enough confusion to catch his prey off guard. You know, you can only imagine, you're thinking, if it was you, is this just a prank? 
or am I really in danger? Well, one recent Saturday night, Danger showed up wearing such a mask at a pizza shop at closing time. The intent was to rob the lone employee as he locked up the shop, but things took a much more violent turn. Danger emerged from the dark, disguised as a hideous clown, and wielding both a wooden club and a large pair of scissors. We can only guess how this story would have turned out, and how emboldened Danger would have been to go on and attack and rob more innocent citizens if it hadn't been for the foresight and training that stopped Danger in his tracks by a responsibly armed citizen. A Little Caesars employee closing up the pizza shop Saturday night in Holly Hill, Florida, was suddenly thrust into a fight for his life with a weapon-wielding man in a clown mask. Police say the 28-year-old employee, Heriberto Feliciano, checked the security system before midnight and then walked out of the store when he was suddenly attacked by a man wearing a monster mask. Feliciano told police the man pummeled him with a wooden post until it broke, tackled him to the ground, and then tried to stab him with a pair of scissors. But Feliciano was able to pull out a concealed firearm for which he had a permit and shoot his attacker, according to the Daytona Beach News Journal. Even though he's being attacked, he's able to pull out a concealed firearm he has and fires multiple rounds at the suspect, Holly Hill Police Chief Stephen Aldrich told Fox 35. Police identified the man as 53-year-old Jesse L. Coggins of Greenville, North Carolina. Police say he had no arrest history and it's not known how long he was in the area. He was bleeding and unresponsive when police arrived to find a pair of scissors near his body, reported the Daytona Beach News Journal. He was taken to a nearby hospital where he died. This is very unusual for this area, Aldrich told the station. We're obviously aggressively pursuing this to find out where this individual came from and why this attack occurred very unusual. Feliciano suffered injuries to his face and shoulder from the attack. Police say they believe the shooting was in self-defense and justified. Wow, obviously the pizza guy wasn't clowning around. Ah, see what you did there. <laughs> Boo, his. Okay, no, but I mean... What if he wouldn't have had a, a gun? Yeah, yeah. That, you know, and y some people might say, well, he was just going to rob you. Why did you have to shoot him? Well, he's armed with, you know, he beat him with a post until the post broke, and then he starts after him with a pair of scissors, which are sharp and can pierce your organs and your blood vessels. So, yeah, this was, I, I love what the uh, police chief said. And just even the phrasing of it, even though he's being attacked, he is able to pull out a concealed firearm and fires multiple rounds and that it was justified. Um, I, I really appreciate that because especially this is in Florida, right? There's an awful lot of squirrely stuff going on in Florida where they are just handing their rights away. They're like, please take our rights back. Right, and, and where was this on the news? It was not uh, on the main news. I... I search around. When I'm looking for these, I'm going to like a Facebook page called Armed Citizen. There's a magazine that you read all the time. From the NRA. From the NRA. Yeah. And they have a seg segment in there. Is it called Armed Citizen? I'm forgetting. Armed Citizens now. Report. Yeah, it's an Armed Citizens thing. But, you know, I just don't get this. I mean, why aren't we talking about this more? Uh, now, what they're going to talk about is we need to outlaw clown masks. Right, or, and sticks, that'll stop people and from, scissors, yeah. and that will that will stop everyone. Right. 
Well, Dan. I don't. <laughs> I don't have one. I'm getting ready to prompt you for your commentary. You know, I don't want to be a, a commentary today. I want to be calm today. And I really want to just talk about the great guests that we had on the show today and what they put on the table for us. No, They're absolutely. all defenders of freedom. Absolutely. Um, and if we do have, how many more minutes do we have, Ed? We've got about five minutes to go. Um, what I wanted to talk about since I, I opened the show with uh, the fact that I had such an incredible honor to speak on the steps of the Supreme Court building in our nation's capital for the celebration, the 10th anniversary of the Heller versus D.C. I'm so glad you were there, Dan. Oh, I, I tell you, I, I did not want to go. I know. It's and a long I am, journey for right. a one-day event. <laughs> it was amazing. And the just the feeling that I got. And, you know, it was really crazy because here we are. You know, you're speaking about our rights and defending our rights. And there was another group there that was invading us. Yelling. Making shouting we us down. We couldn't hear. It's terrible. And what were they doing? They were trying to defend the First Amendment. Yeah, they were. their sign said the ACLU. Well, what is the ACLU? It's a civil rights protection organization. Right. Well, what are we doing when we're trying to protect our Second Amendment rights? We're trying to protect right. our civil rights. We're not enemies. And they were rude. They were out of control. And you know what? We have, you know, we're talking to people who are saying, get involved, right? We want everybody to get involved. But getting involved is not being paid $10 an hour to speak about something you don't know anything about. And that's what... Well, it must have been because at one o'clock, right when the buzzer rang one o'clock, everybody left. I just immediately went silent, the other groups. So so. they were paid till one o'clock to protest (laughs) on our nation's uh, Supreme Court steps. And so. And the rest of us were there on our dime, paying for our own hotel bills and And flights and uh, meals and everything else. And they, they had their time and then infringed on our time. Right. And I thought, and I was so discouraged when we left there for, for about an hour. And then I, I thought about it, I prayed about it, and I thought, well, you know what? They just don't know. They just, right. they're not educated. Well, there was one. And if they're trying to be involved, even if they're getting a paycheck to do it, I guess that's still, that's still okay. Well, I think if you're going to be involved in something, you ought to know about what you're being involved well, in. I think that's why they use chants so much. Right, because they right? don't know what The guy saying. on the bullhorn just repeating oh. the same thing forever. Like there was it was a, just exhausting to listen to because they don't know if you went up to the individual person, which some of our some of our people did. Maj Ture was there from Black Guns Matter. He engages right. with people individually and he's asking them, well, what are you upset about? What are you mad about? A bunch of them didn't know. Well, there was one lady there that was crying. She had she had tears. I don't I guess they were real. I don't know. But anyway, she was saying. Have you ever been a victim of gun violence? You have family members a victim of gun violence. And she just kept on and kept on and kept on. So finally, I just, I got tired of hearing. So I walked up to her and said, "Uh, have you ever? And she says, no. She said, no. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay. (laughs) And where do we go from here? (laughs) Right. And um, so it was interesting to to see anybody, everybody should go to D.C. and just get involved and just see what's going on out there. We had some fantastic congressmen speaking at that mm-hmm. event. And we had people that took time out of their lives. They took off work. They paid. They flew their planes. And they went there to speak their right for freedom. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And Cheryl, you did an absolute wonderful job. And I'm sorry that I was 
kind of hesitant about going. No, I get it. It's a long way to go for one day. Um, I, I have to go back and watch the video of it and have a new memory because, honestly, I could not hear myself think with the, the other people shouting us down. Um, but uh, but I was so glad to be there. I, I, I mean, what an honor to be on the same dais as Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Look him up. He is the chairman of the Second Amendment Caucus doing really important work for us. He needs to start getting some co-sponsors for his bills so they can start getting some traction. And everybody's scared of their own shadow right now. Well, not Congressman Massey and not our own Congressman uh, Paul Gosar. Those two back them up. You know, and they believe in the Constitution. They do. Go figure. Because they put their hand on a Bible and swore to uphold the Constitution just like every other congressperson and senator. And they mean it. it. All right. We got to run. But thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you to our tech crew, to our listeners. You guys are awesome. To our guests. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, Dan. Even the ones you don't like. We're going to talk about that later. Especially the ones you don't like. We're going to talk about that later. (laughs) Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net.